you, worship team. You may be seated. Don't we have great worship? Praise the Lord. I just love that. And it's not about them. It's about the God who we worship, who's empowered them to lead us and gifted us in all that. If you're new here today, welcome. We're really glad you are. I know I've met a few folks and shaken your hands. And if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Rich. I was Pastor Steve who introduced. He's the main guy. And uh, I get the privilege of uh, stepping up once in a while here and doing this. I'm the pastor of Care Ministries, but I really love to preach too. So I'm thankful for opportunities. We're glad you're here. I want you to know it's my phraseology, but if you're looking for a church, you have a place here at the Open Door Church. We want you to know you have a place here. And we're really glad you're here. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, as we open your word this morning in Matthew 3 to Jesus' baptism, Father, we pray that you do an unveiling to give us an understanding. Would you rip any veil off our mind and our hearts that need to be ripped off so that we can have the understanding of you, a holy God? And would you speak your truth into our lives and may we have open hearts to receive what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. God, make us more like you, Lord Jesus. Help us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And use the proclamation of this message this morning to help us fall more deeply in love with you. God, do what you want, exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or imagine. In Jesus' name. We're in Matthew chapter 3, if you have a Bible with you. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. And uh, we hope you'll follow along. We believe, as Pastor said at the beginning, that the Bible is the Word of God. And the messages that we have are messages of life right out of the Word. Because Jesus said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in truth. Huh? Do you? I want to know the truth. I don't want, I don't want to live in lies. I want to be convinced. I want to know. I want to be converted. I want to be conformed more and more to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking today about the baptism of Jesus. And we started uh, looking at Jesus' life in his early years. And we're just, for the next few weeks, looking closely. How did Jesus get his start and his ministry? And what were the things that were going on? Pastor Jeff spoke last week. He introduced us to the 12-year-old Jesus, approximately who was with his mother and father, and they'd gone to the temple of the Lord to worship. And his mother and father started the journey home and got three days down the road. Can you imagine this? Three days down the road, and they realized Jesus wasn't with them. And they had to turn around and go back to find him. And when they got back, they found him sitting in the temple in the presence of his father. And Mary said, Son, why have you done this to me? You know, I wonder what I would have said to my boys. And Jesus looked at him and said, Didn't you know? And Pastor Jeff did such a good job with this. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house to be about my father's business? And it was the beginning of the revelation of the understanding that there's a connection here through Jesus Christ. Can I uh, give you a challenge? I don't know, know, right out of the box, I guess. Are you up for a challenge? Get as close to Jesus Christ as you can right now, today, and every day from now on. 
Make it your goal for 2019 to get as close and intimate with the Savior who's the truth. And watch what He does in your life when you do that. And how He changes you and changes what's going on in your life. And how He fills you with a new identity. Would you open, uh, take your Bibles with me. I'm going to read verses 13 to 17. We're going to look today at the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. Many people are confused about this. Then Jesus, verse 13, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he, John, consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up out of the wa- from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Why was Jesus baptized? Let's just ask the big questions that I think everybody asks. Wasn't he the sinless Son of God? Then therefore, why would he, being the Son of God who knew no sin, why would he have to go through the waters of baptism? What purpose did it fulfill? Those are the questions we want to talk about and address this morning. But before I do that, let me ask you this. Have you ever played the game dot to dot? You know, you get this sheet of paper and there's dots all in columns and rows and there's usually two of you or more and you're each given a pencil and you, one goes first and you connect a dot and then the next one goes and they connect a dot and the goal is that you complete the square and when you complete the square, you put your initial of uh, your name in there so you know who completed that square. And then when the page is full, you go back and count it up and see who won the game. As I was preparing this sermon this week, it occurs to me, as we talk about the baptism of Jesus and why he would have to be baptized if he was sinless, it occurs to me that many people, many of us, never connect the dots. When it comes to entering into and living in relationship and trying to get as close to him as I've just challenged you to do, we just don't get it. We never quite figure it out. What's the purpose for it? This thirst and hunger that I have in my soul, this ache sometimes that's inside of me, it just never seems to get satisfied. I haven't connected the dots in my relationship with Jesus. It's interesting that there's an account in John chapter 6 and John chapter 7. Well, this is what it says. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, the Scripture has said, out of him will flow rivers, streams, of living water. I'm the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he say that? Because he wants you and I to connect the dots. The only way to be fully satisfied 
And I mean this with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm 63 years old. I was saved at the age of 17 when I came to Jesus Christ. I've realized that the only way everything is going to be satisfied in me is to connect the dots and get as close to Jesus as I can possibly get in my life. Jesus wanted you and I, as we're going to look in the baptism, to connect the dots with Him. The times, let's give the context here of Matthew chapter 3. It's about 26 A.D., early 27 A.D., Jesus now has gone from 12, age of 12 that we looked at last week. He's now approximately 30 years of age. There's a man in this context who's out in the wilderness by the Jordan River. His name is John the Baptist. He's the forerunner of Jesus, the Scripture says. Matter of fact, if you have your Bible, you can look back across the page. It says there in verse 2, He's a voice who cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. John is the one that was prophesied about that we often mention in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 verse 15. It said there that he will be great before the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready the Lord a people prepared. Did you get that? There's a word here. Prepare Prepare. A voice who cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. A voice to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. John was a preparer. Just like Pastor Steve prepared you for communion this morning. He was a preparer. It's important that you and I know who this guy John was. He was the son of Zechariah and the son of Elizabeth. His father, Zechariah, was a priest in the temple of the Lord. He was the one who would take the sacrifices and go into the presence of the Holy of Holies and offer those sacrifices to the Lord for, so that people like you and I could have our sins forgiven. And both he, Zechariah, and Elizabeth were from the tribe of Levi. What's the big deal about that? They were the tribe that was where the priests in the Old Testament were chosen from. Levi was one of the twelve, original twelve tribes of Israel. And God said, from the tribe of Levi, you shall choose the priests who will serve me in the temple of the Lord. That made them direct descendants, let's connect the dots, to Aaron, the high priest, the very first priest that was ever appointed by God. And the next day, After Jesus was baptized by John, John would spot Jesus coming along the Jordan River and he'd say, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The spotless Lamb that God requires for the forgiveness of your sin and mine. See, this lineage of priesthood was the priest who took Jesus and baptized Him in the Jordan River and brought Him up as the Lamb of God. 
John said about his mission and his purpose. Look at chapter 3 here, verse 11 with me. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know what he was saying? I'm preparing you for the Messiah, the Savior, who's coming, and his name is the Lord Jesus the Christ. Well, let's get into this thing. Look at verse 13 with me. It says here that Jesus came from Galilee. Mark chapter 1 verse 9 says he came from Nazareth of Galilee. Matthew chapter 2 verse 23 just previous to chapter 3 here said fulfilled the prophecy. He shall be called a Nazarene. See the Jews looked down on Nazareth. Anyone who was from Nazareth they despised. They rejected him. No good observing Jew wanted to go to the town of Nazareth. They avoided it. Isaiah 53 says, 53.3 says that Jesus was despised and rejected by men. Part of that despising and rejection was where he was coming from, Nazareth. When Philip, who had met Jesus later on, came to tell Nathanael that he had found the Messiah, the Christ, Nathanael said in John 1.46, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And he went, he, Jesus came from Galilee and he came to the Jordan River. Now, Pastor Steve should be up here talking about this because he was just there in Israel. And I think, I'm pretty sure, I have, I've been going to ask him all week, but we haven't crossed paths. I, when I and Karen and I were in Israel and back in 2007, we got a huge lecture on the value of water. You see, the Jordan River supplied the water. It was the water source. It went from Galilee, the Sea of Galilee in the north, and it flowed down into the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea in the south. Water was a big deal in Israel. It still is today. Honestly, if you ask anyone living there, it's more precious than the oil in the Middle East. It's a big deal. It really is. It was used, water was used in the Old Testament, because it's a big deal in the Bible as well, it was used for washing and for purification and from diseases and sicknesses and death and sin. You were instructed after you were over your sickness. Like I'll give you an example today. Karen is at home, very ill in bed. She's been there since Friday night. If this was the Old Testament, when she gets over this crud that she has, she would be instructed in the Old Testament to go wash in water before she ever came to the temple to offer the sacrifice for her sins. Water is a big deal in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, water was to get, the purpose was to get a person ready to truly worship the Lord. Water was to prepare the human heart to worship. Out of his heart will flow streams of living water, Jesus said. Verse 13. He came from Galilee to Jordan. Jesus came to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. We've already talked about John. I'm not going to spend any more time on him. But let's begin to answer those big questions we asked at the beginning. Why would Jesus need to be baptized? If he was the Son of God and he was sinless, what purpose would his baptism fulfill? What was it for? Let's talk about that for a few moments. Number one, 
Jesus was baptized so that there is no shadow, no shadow of a doubt that he fully identifies with you and me in our life and in our circumstances and our situations. He identifies with us as sinners who fall short of God's glory. Jesus was fully God and fully man. It's hard to get your head around that, but you've got to take it as the truth. It's the Word of God, and God Himself says that. And as fully man, just like you and me, He hurt, He suffered, He agonized over situations in life, He struggled in despair. He wept when his best friend Lazarus died. He got tired when he traveled. He hungered during the day and into the evening. And he was thirsty at times. Look at this verse that describes Jesus with me on the screen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. This is what it says about Jesus and his identifying with us. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. Here it comes. He is able to help us when we are being tested. You know what this verse, reading this verse, should tell you and me? We must never, we should never ever say that Jesus doesn't understand me in my situation. He understands it better than you do and I do. He's been there and He's done that in everything and every way that you're going through anything. He's been there and He's done that, whatever you're going through. I was teaching a Bible study out of Hebrews. I'm sorry, but I'm way too hot. I was teaching a Bible study out of Hebrews a couple of years ago. In the study was a sweet, sweet man and his wife. They were in their early 50s. He was an over-the-road trucker for a living. And this is going to hit home to Brett and Annette, I know. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And they were in my Bible study as I was teaching this text in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And his body was beginning to feel the effects of that disease. And his wife would have to go with him over the road to help him just do his job and make the living for them. And they were really, really struggling with this event in their lives. Well, when I was teaching this uh, that night out of Hebrews about Jesus fully identifying with us in everything, they just couldn't connect the dots. They couldn't get their heads around the fact that Jesus fully identified with us in everything. And he identified with them. As a matter of fact, the wife spoke up in the study and said, Rich, Jesus didn't have Parkinson's disease. I took a big breath and stepped back for a moment. And I said he may not have shown the outward effects in his body of Parkinson's disease. But he carried in his body to the cross that was nailed to that cross every one of those symptoms 
and all of your frustrations that come with that. He was identified with us in absolutely everything. He became just like you and I. He took on flesh and blood so that He could die. And it was only through dying that the bondage of sin, all sin, could be broken once and for all. That's why He can help us when we're going through our situation and when we're being tested. Jesus was baptized, so there's no shadow of a doubt that he fully identifies with you and with me. Here's the second reason he was baptized. To point us to the ultimate one, the sin forgiver. To point us to God. To point us to the righteous, holy one, the one true God. You see, when John came, I'm sorry, when Jesus came to be baptized by John, John tried his best to prevent that from happening. Look at verse 14. He said, I need to, John said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. In the original language, it's emphatic. It means he tried, John tried over and over to prevent Jesus from doing this. Why did he do that? Because Jesus, because John recognized his own unworthiness. But Jesus had such a much greater purpose to point us to the righteousness of God. Jesus said in verse 15, Let it be so now, for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Oh man, what does that mean? Fulfill all righteousness. Very simply, do all that God requires. God has a perfect plan. Let us do all that fulfills God's perfect plan. And His plan was that Jesus' His Son would satisfy all the requirements of a holy God so that sin-filled people like you and I, and we all are there, could be reconciled and brought back into a right relationship with the living God that was broken in the Garden of Eden through Adam and Eve. It was Jesus who would bring us the gospel, the good news. Did you know Jesus is the good news? Have you moved close enough to him to understand and connect that dot? I love Dr. Larry Moyer, who I have a lot of respect for. He's the president of Evantel, who trains people like you and I to share our faith with others. Dr. Moyer says this. This book is 66 books, this Bible. But he said the gospel, in its simplest form, is ten words. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Isaiah 53:11 says by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities talking about Jesus I love 2 Corinthians 5:21 I camp here a lot for our sake God made him Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Let it be so now, for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus said when John was about to baptize him. You see, when Jesus entered into the Jordan waters, there's a lot of symbolism there. There's a lot of symbolism in this action of Jesus the Savior coming to be baptized. 
Symbolically, it's used to point you and I to that righteous, holy relationship with a holy God. For instance, symbolically, he stood there, he stood there in that water with the nations of the world on his heart. He was thinking about you. And he was thinking about me. Mark 24, Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom, it will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And he would say to his disciples as he was about to ascend to heaven, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. See, Jesus' baptism was symbolic for the nations of the world, pouring, pointing them, I'm sorry, pointing them to the Holy Righteous Father. But not only that symbolically for the nations, He stood there symbolically for the taking on Himself of sin. You see, look again over at the early verses of, about what John the Baptist was doing. Verse 2 of chapter 3. John was calling people out into the wilderness to the Jordan River, and this was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then down to verse 6. And they were coming in, and they were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in verse 6 in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. And he says in the beginning of verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. What was going on? These people were coming to John. And John had this great and glorious message that said, come back to the Lord, come back to the Lord, come back to the Lord, because Israel had been running away from the Lord all these years. And he was calling them to repentance. And as people's hearts were uh, connecting the dots, they were drawn to this message of repentance and confession. And they would go down into the Jordan River to Jesus, to John the Baptist, and they would confess their sins. And John the Baptist would take and immerse them in the water and wash them clean symbolically. Connect the dots. Go one step farther. Ask the question. If they were being washed clean symbolically with that water in the Jordan River, what became of their sin that was being washed off of them? It was polluting the waters of the Jordan River. Connect the dots. So Jesus, when he walked into the Jordan River, he wasn't walking into pure waters. He was walking symbolically into the world, the sin of the world's waters that were there. And as John took him and immersed him down into the Jordan River as the Lamb of God and brought Jesus up, all the sin pollution of all those people who had repented us, representing us, was washing down, pressing down on the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Your sin and mine represented here symbolically. And Jesus, coming out of those waters, would carry that sin pollution of the nations, yours and mine, all the way to Calvary, to the cross. You see, symbolically, Jesus' baptism pointed right to His death on the cross of Calvary. 
Jesus' whole identity, and we've talked a lot about identity lately. How's your identity in Christ? Are you still reading those verses? Are you still coming into contact with the one who set you free? Jesus' whole identity was wrapped up. John the Baptist was a preparer. He prepared the way. Jesus was the sin bearer who would take the sins of the world to the cross. That was his identity. He told his disciples this, I have a baptism ahead of me you know nothing about. Luke chapter 12, verse 50 says, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it's accomplished. Until he died. Crucified. And was buried. And rose again on the third day. Verse 16. Symbolically, Jesus stood there taking all the sin of the world upon Himself. Verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, immediately He went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to Him. you got to see this. And i got to really hurry here. It's a supernatural event that's happening. The heavens parted when Jesus came up out of the water. The Trinitarian relationship is suddenly made manifold witness for all to see. The heavens are open. And this dove comes down out of the heavens and alights on the shoulder of Jesus. And there's this, uh, this voice that comes booming from the heavens that's been torn open. Behold a voice from heaven. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. See, here we have the most beautiful, beautiful picture of what we call the Trinity. The person of the Father who's speaking from heaven. The person of the Son who's standing in the Jordan rivers to be being baptized, having been baptized. And we have the, the Holy Spirit coming down and alighting the third person of the Trinity on the second person, the Son. The most perfect love relationship that has, that does, and that ever will exist. You and I are invited into that relationship through this picture right here. Why was Jesus baptized? Can we really answer that question? Well, I think the Apostle Paul does a pretty good job of answering it in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It should be on the screen. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That's us. Because under the law, we're all guilty and sinners. That we might receive the adoption as sons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. Hey, John, would you baptize me? It's time we fulfill all righteousness. John would later write and give this testimony about this whole event. I love it. John chapter 1, verses 32 and following. He said, I saw the Spirit. I saw this supernatural event. I saw the Spirit coming down from heaven as a dove and remaining on Jesus. And I myself did not know Jesus, but the one who sent me to baptize with water, the Father, told me the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And John concludes, I've seen 
And I testify that this is God's chosen one. Have you connected the dots? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had His eye on you and on me in this whole baptism that was about was unfolding before us in the Scriptures here. His love for you was already being poured out as Jesus went into the Jordan River and was immersed and brought back up again. His eye was on you so that you can move as close to Jesus as you can possibly get. And I pray, I sincerely pray, that's your goal in this life, to get as close to Jesus as you can. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed, I just have a couple questions to ask you. What are you going to do with this today? And maybe the more important question is, will you do something with this? Repentance means to turn away from God, turn away from our sin nature that we are born with and to turn and go in a new direction. Repentance means to turn, 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 turn and to go in a new direction towards Jesus and God the Heavenly Father. Confession means that we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess that openly, freely, lovingly, willingly. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, something happens. You will be saved. The ten words of the good news are, Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And may I add, for you to repent, to confess, to be saved, and to be baptized. Father, would you do your work in our hearts that you want to do? Take us in the direction you have ordained for us to go. Help us to be willing participants to join you on this journey. Help us to throw off the sin and the stuff that's keeping us back from you, Father. Help us to repent, God. Help us to believe with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, and our strength that you love us and you call us into that love relationship with you and the Holy Trinity. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, for your sins, and for mine. I just think we need to make, dear friends, a decision to move, to move closer, to move into the heart and the forgiveness and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me give you this challenge. C.S. Lewis, the great author and apologist, professor, said this, If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. And if you want to be wet, you have to get into the water.
And if you want joy and power and peace and eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. The one who has them is the Savior, Jesus Christ. He has joy, peace, power, and eternal life. What are you going to do with this? You need to do something. If you've connected any dots this morning, you need to do something with what you've discovered today. Can I make a suggestion? Go home this week and read it several times. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 14. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 14. talks about baptism and the symbolism of baptism and why what happens when you and I go through the waters of baptism. Don't just read it once. Read it every day for a week. I challenge you with that and study it. Do you have a Bible? If you don't have a really easy and understandable Bible, you come and see one of us around here. we got Bibles we want to give you. Do you have a Bible app on your phone? If you don't have one, get one. You can, it's amazing how much time you can spend reading the Bible. And you say, oh, I just don't have time to read the Bible. You're sitting around all the time waiting for this and waiting for that. You can read the Bible on your phone while you're waiting. What do you need to do? Is there something you need to give up? Something you need to surrender your life to? Maybe you've already done that and you need to be baptized. In about two months or so, Lord willing, we're going to do a baptism right here, right on this floor. And if you want to be baptized, and we want you to if you've surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, tell us that, would you? Write it on the bottom of the bulletin. Hand it in to Lori in the communication desk as you're going out. Text us. Tell it to Pastor Steve or Patrick or Jeff or myself. Tell us that you want to be baptized. Let us know about that because we get really excited when people want to get baptized. It's a sign of what God's doing at work in people's lives. Oh, yeah. What do you need to do? Maybe you got a lot of questions about this yet. Maybe you don't really know anything about this. Join Alpha. Go see Pastor Jeff and sign up for Alpha. And if you already know a little bit about his stuff, but you really need relationships, and remember I said, if you attend here, you have a place here. You have a place here because we love you and we love one another. And we thrive on the love of Jesus loving one another. Join a, join a life group and stop back at that table and sign up for a life group. It's the gathering of 20 to 40 people in homes every other a week or so. And it's a great place to love and be loved and to do life together in life groups. Let's close. Let's sing to the King as we close. Thanks for coming. Have a blessed week. God bless you.